0: Hey everyone, Matt Straub here, welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. This is your Wednesday Whip Around Edition. Wednesday, November 27th, Thanksgiving week is upon us. We have a very busy episode for you, a lot to get to, which as of this introduction, I actually don't know what we're getting to, but we're going to talk to Mike Gallagher, Steve Alexander, Ryan Knauss, and Jared Johnson throughout this episode. But first up on this episode actually is Tommy Beer, who's with me right now. Tommy? What's uh what, what do you
1: got? You got a full slate of guests on Turkey Day, Turkey Day week, huh?
0: I, I do. We're going to have to we're going to have to keep everyone uh from running too long yeah, here. I'll
1: do my best to make room for the five, five man booth. Uh, uh, yes, yes, can be a it's an interest, interesting strategy Cod, and we'll see how it plays out. But um, you know, I'll do my best to, to get off uh, hop in hop out quickly so the, the the heavy hitters can get make sure they get their time. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just one guy I'm, I'm working on my notable numbers, Calm, and one guy I'm going to discuss a little bit um, is Tim Hardaway Jr. out in Dallas. Kind of a very interesting season thus far. Um, really struggled over his, over his first 13 games or so um, with the Mavs, um, averaging just 10 points, shooting below 35% from the floor, below 30% from three point territory. And, you know, it kind of bottomed out to uh, last uh, the end of last week when he had scored uh, zero points on, on all five shooting. Interestingly enough, starting shooting guard um, Seth Curry uh, comes down with some type of illness that causes him to miss three games. Rick Carlisle looking to shake things up a little bit, even though he was struggling, uh, shifted Tim Hardaway Jr. into the starting lineup. And Hardaway's put up some really solid numbers in the three games since. Averaging 22.3 points, 4.3 assists, over four made three pointers, um, and and shooting just a ridiculous uh, 65% from downtown and 67% from the floor. So
0: I would say those are some notable numbers, I think right those there. Those are
1: notable numbers and and certainly eye opening. Um, listen, we know that he's not going to be able to. You know, he's a notoriously streaky shooter. We know he's not going to be able to maintain that level of uh, those percentages are obviously going to regress the mean. But as long as he stays on the floor, stays in the starting lineup, he should be a good, solid, uh, reliable source of points and three-pointers, if nothing else, over the next couple of weeks. And uh, in leagues, I'm in a few leagues where I need some threes, so I scooped them up and we'll see if he can keep it up. I mean, the biggest one
0: that jumps out there is, yeah, you mentioned the three starts, but the number that jumps out to me is the 38 minutes he played in that uh, win over Houston and scored 31 points. That's his only game over thirty minutes all season. Yep. So uh yeah, I, I don't know. Rick, Rick Carlisle is uh I'm still kind of bitter about the Delon Wright thing. Right, Delon Wright's right. limited minutes. But yeah, that's an interesting pickup. Uh Tim Hardaway Jr. has to be available just in an outrageous number of leagues.
1: Uh, agreed, agreed. And the, the the interesting thing, um, looking at the numbers and, and hoops I had a good um little blog post about this early today I was looking at He's really excelled uh, next to Tim, uh, next to Luka Doncic, as I think most NBA players would. But um, the, the amount of attention that Luka draws has obviously benefited Hardaway, who's a spot-up three-point shooter. Uh, nearly half of Hardaway's threes this year have been assisted by Luka. Um, and when those two are on the court, they are outscoring their opponents by nearly 26 points per 100 possessions. It's actually the best net rating in the league among two-man lineups um, that have played at least 150 minutes. So, yes, there's a, I think there's reason to believe that, that Carlisle will stick with this grouping for a little bit going forward. Uh, I, obviously, it could change in the future if Hardaway struggles again. But I definitely think there's reason to believe, um, even in deeper leagues, where well, Hardaway should be floating around out there, um, especially if you need some points and threes that uh, he's definitely got to keep an eye on.
0: It's funny, I said he's probably available in an outrageous number of leagues. He's actually rostered in 35% of Yahoo leagues. But I think that is probably encompasses a lot of leagues where you know, he was drafted late, and then just kind of sitting out there on a on a roster that's not super active. My guess is he is available in a lot of active leagues. I would
1: say. Agreed. Agreed. A lot. I'm sure a lot of competitive leagues in leagues where he was drafted, he was likely dropped after the first couple weeks of the season when he just really wasn't putting up any solid numbers. So, right. Um, yeah, to your point, um, in competitive leagues, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're likely in a competitive league. Your fantasy hoops heavy that uh, he should you know could be floating around out there. He really should be. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, a- anyone else uh, catch your eye recently? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you, you know, with all these guests, I think Spencer Dinwiddie will obviously generate some conversation as well. He should. Um, he's been, you know, just a monster since Kyrie Irving went down uh, six games. Uh, interestingly, the, the Nets are five and one, which I'm sure Kyrie is kind of excited about, but kind <laughs> of not. Yeah. Um, and, I would say more of the latter I, is my, I agree, is my I agree. guess. I, that's know, just my I'm, guess. I'm sure there's some meme or something with somebody forcing a smile, and that's what Kyrie <laughs> Irving is right now. Um, but yeah, six games um, with uh, since he's been entered the starting lineup, Dinwiddie's averaging t- 24.7 points, 6.7 assists, a really high usage rate. Gets to the free throw line a ton, over eight free throw attempts per game, and and has made 94 of those free throws, um, which really boosts your, your your free throw numbers and uh, 1.7 threes. Um, we haven't really had we haven't had an update on Kyrie in the last few days, which is interesting. We know he's not going to play tomorrow um, when the Nets make their return to Boston. I know a lot of Celtics fans were hoping he'd show up so they could give him a nice little welcome, um, but uh, <laughs> he, he is he won't be there. But beyond that, we know that he was going to miss that game. We haven't had an update as far as if he's going to come back Friday or, or later this weekend. Um, So we'll see how that uh, that plays itself out. But obviously Dinwiddie's owned everywhere. Um, But I definitely think it's worth noting just how how dominant he's been uh, in the the last couple weeks.
0: There's very there are very few good handcuffs in fantasy basketball. Dinwiddie is kind of the ultimate because when he was coming off the bench, first 11 games, still averaged 17 points, 4.6 assists, 1.6 threes. So like he you know has some standalone value and then just takes to another level if and when Kyrie's hurt is pretty much the perfect scenario. Kind of the Austin Eckler of of <laughs>
1: fantasy point guards where Oh, I like it you know they get some some receiving yards even if he's not starting with Gordon. That's um, a good call. But when Gordon is down, he's a he's a monster. It's a good call. I hope you work that into the column. Uh, you know what? I think I might now that uh, now that I think.
0: Of it. <laughs> oh man, that's good. What did you? Uh... What did you make of uh, of Carmelo Anthony's big game on Monday night?
1: Uh, I think he should be 100 percent owned everywhere. He's clearly going to average 50 points a game. Now, I, I thought it was good to see. You know, I, I think that's kind of the role that that you know, a spot up shooter, knocked down some three pointers. I mean, listen. The stats are pretty remarkable. The guy's 18th in NBA history in points scored. I mean, the the 17 players in front of him are, are, you know, the cream of the crop in terms of, obviously, (laughs) of of elite NBA scorers. Obviously, I don't think Melo's going to be much of an asset in nine-cat leagues, but in point leagues, he certainly is an option. And the the reality is that the Blazers are struggling. They have very limited front court depth. So I think they, you know, it was just kind of a perfect situation for Melo to find themselves in a team that was, you know, it's basically nothing but upside. They were losing before he got there. So if they continue losing, it couldn't be pinned on him. And if he, you know, kind of assists in a bit of a turnaround, which I think was, was probably likely anyway, um, he'll get some credit. He'll get plenty of playing time, plenty of shots, playing alongside CJ and Dame. So, um, yeah, well, I certainly wouldn't, uh, Recommend him as a must own and nine cat. Um, I definitely think um, you know in deeper leagues he, he he presents an interesting option.
0: I'm starting to come around. I'll be honest with you, yeah. just because of the minutes and the opportunity. You know, I mean, basically two of his three, two of his four games have been. Last night was obviously quite good. Uh, I mean, Monday night was obviously quite good. 25 points, eight rebounds, four threes on 10 of 20 shooting, and then uh, his game against Milwaukee was good. 18.7 rebounds, four assists, three three pointers. He had a couple of duds in there. I, I don't know. I mean, he's not shooting it well yet, below 40% from the field, but 16 points, 5.3 boards in his first four games, 0.8 steals, 2.3 three pointers. I was pretty skeptical. I, I didn't, first of all, I didn't see him averaging 16 points for any stretch. And I think there's a chance, based on the volume he's getting, he could do even better than that.
1: Yeah, I think defenses will eventually, you know, respect him a little bit more. So I probably think his, his points per game will probably settle in around 14, 15 a night, but. Um, what's really encouraging is the minutes played. Again, that the 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 Blazers front court is just. I mean, they were giving Mario Hazonia twenty five, you know, twenty six minutes a <laughs> night, so they were desperate uh, to get a competent scorer that can help space the floor. So, yeah, I, I thought uh, Mello was a little bit obviously overrated by some of the Mello fans, but a little bit underrated in the fantasy community um, by what he could what he could kind of bring to the table. I scooped him up in in one of our leagues. So, um,
0: yeah, I did too. I picked him up in the Roto World League. Yes. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. So I think there's a reason to believe that he'll be able to at least be um you know put up some satisfactory numbers
0: yeah i again i think it is kind of the point you made it's it's probably somewhere between our uh, pessimistic projections and i was certainly on the pessimistic side uh when he signed and you know the wildly optimistic ones that people might have exactly
1: exactly um, but that's still but that that in between ground certainly has some fantasy value attached to it
0: yeah we pick up lots of guys who just get points and threes and he has a chance to be a a luxury points and threes uh, option did you have any other players you wanted to hit, Tommy, before we get out of here? Um,
1: no, I think that's it. I'm just going to talk a little bit about Carl Anthony Towns' three-point surge, um, which is, is sort of remarkable this season. And, I, of course, i got to mention my boy Frank to talk a little bit about the French Prince's numbers. So, um, yeah, that will be posted in, in tomorrow's notable numbers.
0: Okay, that will be Wednesday. So, everyone, look out for that. You can follow him on Twitter, at Tommy Beer. Tommy, thanks for taking the time, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Matt. Okay, see you, dude. good. Want to let you know that Roto World is having its first ever Black Friday sale, and you won't even have to fight through mobs of angry shoppers at a department store to take advantage. We have two huge Black Friday bundles available. If you pre-order the MLB Draft Guide and Season Pass for $34.99, you get the 2019 NBA, NHL, and NFL Season Passes for free. Now, if you're looking for that added edge for the rest of the NBA season or in the NFL Fantasy Playoffs, and are looking to dominate in baseball as well, this deal is for you a $99 value. And if you play DFS, you won't be able to beat our second Black Friday bundle. If you pre-order the MLB Draft Guide Season Pass and DFS Toolkit for $129.99, you'll get the 2019 NBA, NHL, and NFL Season Passes and DFS Toolkits for free. That's right, free. That comes out to a whopping $429 value. That's about two-thirds of the NBA season for free just go to rotaworldcom slash win to learn more and take advantage of these huge deals all right we're joined now by ryan kanaus who's just been on a vacation from this whip around show the last couple of weeks i doing who knows what but he's back ryan welcome back um, thank you I'm,
2: I'm well rested
0: good <laughs> what have you sir to discuss
2: well I, you know, I was thinking uh, there's always a big injury we could talk about things like that, but I'd I'd like to kind of live in the margins with you this week. Talk about oh. guys guys who may or may not be worth holding. You know, are they're bad now, but but could come alive late in the season to just get your feel for them. Uh, I think you'll you'll learn that I'm a bit of a pessimist in the next ten minutes. <laughs> okay, um, so so I want to learn Ryan Ryan.
0: Yeah. I already knew. I already okay. knew.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but I figure we'll we'll start in Miami. So I wanted to talk about. Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, and Tyler Hero. Let's start with Nunn. A okay. top 75 five guy at the moment. You know, obviously he's come alive, had some big games, had a couple duds, but he's still still playing really well. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. will come back and need some minutes. Justice Winslow being out is helping him a little bit. Is he this good, or are you trying to sell high?
0: Nunn, I think I would probably still be trying to sell high. He yeah. he's shooting really well. I was looking at this for my season pass. One of my season pass columns where I look checking on the rookies and the old dudes simultaneously. Nunn's last week or so, last four games, like he's okay around fourteen points, three and a half assists. He is hitting threes, you know, shooting well from the field. I think he's pretty good actually, but I I I just really don't trust Miami, generally speaking, when it comes to all of the guys, you know, on the wings and, and just all around that rotation. <laughs>
2: yeah, that, that's kind of, no, That that's a fair point. That's kind of my issue. Like I mentioned, Derek Jones Jr. will come back eventually. Justice Winslow has to get his minutes. And then you got a guy like Duncan Robinson, who's playing really well, but his value is has been based entirely on 3.1 triples per game and 1.3 steal fill-in starter like is he a guy you you think you have any hope for might have value when Winslow returns or or he'll just get cooked
0: I think I think Robinson is the quintessential guy you will never have in your lineup for his good games That's my right. that's kind of my feeling <laughs> right. about him. What well, he had that eight three-pointer game recently and yeah. no one how many lineups do you think he was in that night? Probably not very many. <laughs> yeah. Not so, yeah, I just I just think you're kind of guessing with Spolstra especially when it comes to a guy like Duncan Robinson so I'm even more pessimistic about him than I am about mm-hmm. Nunn who I who I do like I do like Nunn but I think if you what did you say he's a top what guy
2: he was he's top 75 at the moment Kendrick Nunn. so
0: like just looking nearby Nunn I mean could you trade Nunn for
2: Ananobi who's cooled I, off a I, little I mean, bit I, I, yeah I would still take Ananobi there because yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I think there's just too many moving pieces in, in Miami. All these guys are probably going to have hot spells. I, and I don't trust none to continue shooting. In the past two weeks, he's shooting 53% from the field, an effective field goal percentage of 63%. I just can't see him keeping that up. Yeah. So who else you got? Who else is... Uh, uh Well, t- Tyler Hero. Does he intrigue you at all? Th- 30 minutes per game. He's a gifted scorer. Obviously, a lot of buzz coming into the season. He had a great preseason Uh, Had a couple big games while Jimmy was out, but there's no real supporting stats under four boards per game, two assists, 0.7 steals and no blocks at all. So those are pretty ugly numbers. Do you have any hope that he'll get better? I don't.
0: (laughs) I have hope that he'll get better in the long run, considering that he's 19. this This season, I don't have a ton of hope. I mean... I don't want to be a total pessimist because I I look at a guy like Darius Garland and I say he might look totally different in February and March than he looks right now. So sure. I guess the same the same could be true for Hero. The difference is though Garland potentially has the keys to the vehicle. Hero is kind of a guy who is playing off of other guys and you know Jimmy Butler's there. It's not like Hero is suddenly going to have the ball a ton and just get a chance to rack up assists. So yeah. to me he's a points and threes guy. At least he's shooting well from the field lately. So, I like him better than, like, a Kobe White, for example, who is a points and threes guy who doesn't shoot well from the field. Agreed. So, like, I, I don't dislike Hero, but I'm pretty neutral on him, and, and I, he's not a guy that okay. I regret not having on my rosters.
2: Yeah. So, just fringe to you, like, if he's there, maybe plug him in for a week or two, but... Yeah,
0: what'd you say? We're living on the margins? That's
2: We're living that's... in the margins this time. <laughs> Can we uh, do a podcast a where we're just living in the margins? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, oh, I didn't mean to interrupt, but... um. Uh, two, two more guys well actually one p j Washington was great to begin this year I mean he started the year with with a historic well, i don't know he had eight threes or something in his opener seven
0: twenty seven point seven threes I believe in the opener that's the memory it was. serves great. correctly
2: well he's now scored single digit points in five straight he's averaging i think tw- twenty one minutes in that stretch five point six points three point six boards one point six assists he's shooting thirty six percent past five. Is this just a lull, or are you worried? Because, I mean, he's a promising rook- rookie on a bad team, so I want to hold him. But it's getting hard, because he's the worst guy on multiple of my teams. And I want to stream, or I want to pick up a hot free agent, but I, like, can't bring myself to cut P.J. Washington just because of how good he was early. Am I am I chasing, chasing the, the high of those first couple weeks, or...?
0: Did you just read my season pass column before we came on here? <laughs> I didn't <laughs> see talk- in there as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, again, I talk about the rookies. So, yeah, I, I noticed that slump as well, the same one that you mentioned. And I think my feeling on PJ Washington is it would probably be wise to wait on him. I'm a little worried about the minutes more than anything else. And, you know, Batum is back. That's kind of complicating things. Uh, Miles Bridges is playing a little better. But I still think. I'd be inclined to give him a, a minute longer just given how how much we all liked him not that long ago. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. I which is why I'm holding on to him, so. Yeah, but oh, I, but oh, I do think yeah. like
0: yeah, there there's a free agent there are probably free agents above a certain line where I would say I, I would make that move. I would drop him for a, for a certain caliber of free agent in like a shallower league. Right. You know what that, I mean?
2: Yeah, and I think once I've acquired enough of them like like I said, if he's the difference between me Streaming a spot every single week or not, I think the value you could get out of streaming is too great that I might, so I might have to pull the trigger this week and and cut him and start start moving on. But uh, I I think the long the long term season long potential is there. But um, it's a tough one. And then obviously Dwayne Bacon's dead in the water. Uh, I know you, you you liked him before the season. I, I had him on, on one team. I know Tommy liked him. Everyone the potential seemed to be there. But since this Terry Rogier, Devontae Graham pairing came. It's too good to think that it will ever end. So I think that leaves Bacon just scrapping for 20 minutes.
0: Scraps of Bacon. I still remember when during the 30-deep, 30-team draft, you messaged me to be like, oh, man, I really want to get that sweet, sweet Bacon. (laughs) After I drafted him and I was like, yeah, sorry, buddy. Man, that has ruined. That and the DeAndre Ayton suspension have just destroyed that team for me. Because as you know, in a 30-team league, you can't really have any of your picks go bust." And especially yeah. disappear. I mean, Bacon is just off the radar right now. Yeah. And could he resurface at some point? Yeah. But now I think we're at a point where it's going to take an injury or someone seriously angering James Borrego for for Dwayne Bacon to resurface.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I don't. I don't see it. He was already kind of like he would need to take a a big leap forward in terms of his efficiency and getting the some steals, maybe some assists now with the minutes also being an issue it's it's a a tough ask and since you mentioned 30 deep i'll I'll chime in with my own woes i started i started started my team this week with my top two players on injured reserve and that is Kyrie Irving and John Collins. Yeah. So tough tough to come back from that in a 30-team league, but we'll see. I have
0: thought about making an offer for John Collins, and then I look at my roster and what do I have to offer? <laughs> I have Pascal Siakam and just a... Yeah, I, I never mind um, turning down offers. Feel free to... <laughs> okay. Feel free to put Let's them. see if I can cobble something together. Uh, did you have any other players who are uh, currently disappointing you before we get out of here?
2: Quickly, do you think the Celtics front court is just too much of a timeshare for anyone to really pop? Or are you holding Robert Williams in the hopes that he gets 25 minutes a game? Do you think Ennis Cantor will eventually resurface? You know, he was slowed by injury to begin the year. Could he become an, a 28, 30-minute guy again? D- Daniel I mean, Tice I... is playing almost too well for that to happen. I'm Yeah. It's just kind of a mess, right?
0: It's a mess, and Tice would be the only guy in, like, a deeper league right now that I'm kind of interested in. Oh, but I'm okay. really not... I would
2: have thought Williams. Well, I mean—
0: with Williams, aren't we just kind of, isn't this one of those things where, yes, it would be awesome if he got the
2: minutes, but aren't we just kind of hoping he gets the minutes? Yeah, you know he's what I playing mean? 15 minutes per game. <laughs> the, yeah, the so I think in, in Roto, he's actually, I mean, he's given you 1.2 blocks, almost a steal per game, and he's shooting 76% from the field. So there's at least, you know, he's not hurting you at the moment and he's only playing 15 minutes so if something were to happen you know brad stevens keeps talking him up that he's a key to the rest of the season blah 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 so if he were to get 20 minutes he'd be he'd be great to own
0: i understand it as a stash but i it seems like it's okay. going to require quite a bit of patience for sure you know what i mean and i i think again it's i understand why everyone's so high on him but there's a difference between I, and you hear people talk about this in fantasy all the time there's a difference between what we want to happen and what actually is going to happen Sure. right so i don't know it feels like a thing that we want to happen and and is it going to happen i i'm not convinced but maybe i'm dead wrong yeah it's,
2: yeah
0: it's definitely not a front court that i'm i'm invested in in any way shape or form in any yeah, of my that's leagues what I was,
2: <laughs> that's what i was getting at it's just too much of a mess but williams is a guy who if he plays 18 minutes in, in a game or 22 minutes let's say i will pick him up immediately and just hope that it's a trend but right it's all, he it's got all 23
0: based, so he got 23 in their last game on uh, monday
2: oh did he okay see I yeah. missed that so. so run after this gotta Ryan go get him. I'm gonna go all right right, <laughs> g- g- gotta go, Matt.
3: okay
0: thanks man uh everyone if you want to follow Ryan it's at canals underscore rw Ryan thanks man we'll talk to you later you got it
3: joined now by Mike Gallagher Mike what is going on not much man had a super busy Monday uh, a lot of basketball and um how about some horn? want to talk some hornets Sure, sure. We
0: uh, we only briefly scratched the surface of the Hornets with Ryan a minute ago, and it was mostly griping about Dwayne Bacon, so you've got a lot of real estate here. Oh,
3: cool, yeah. So there's a lot going on. So last night, Borrego had said changes are coming. Uh, winter is coming, and changes Winter's are coming. Winter's coming. So you ha- he didn't pinpoint who, but Borrego's done this before, and he I think he's pretty into net rating. So you look into like, who's been really bad, and he, he also cited defense. And so there's two things that really come to mind. I think one, and probably the favorite here, is P.J. Washington. He's been terrible. Right. Um, over this um, five-game losing streak, he has a minus 29 net rating. His fouls are way up, 6.3 fouls per 36. The Hornets starters have need to change. Uh, the, and their five-game losing streak, they have a minus 28 net rating. And then more specifically, so if you remember back in like early October, Brego said he, he kind of wanted to steal... Milwaukee's style of play on defense where their rim protection is at a priority and then, you know, they give them threes, okay. But they are, the, like, the worst defense at protecting the rim, and then the starters are even worse. They're around 23 makes at the rim per 100 possessions. It's insanely high. So, changes have to happen here. Cody Zeller, um, even before his injury last night, he was a minus 35 net rating uh, over this five-game losing streak. This, this, this starting unit just gets dusted night in, night out. We saw two games ago Big rotation change. They basically switched over Marvin, who was mostly a five. He played a lot of four. Um, So I think that's something to keep an eye on. So maybe like Marvin's not totally dead if you're looking for like deep streams. But um, yeah, I mean, PJ's going to snap out of it. When he was kind of humming, they really talked him up about his rim protection and doing quote-unquote more than scoring and all this and that. So possibly him, possibly more Cody Martin, who he's talked up a bunch. But you would think guys like Miles Bridges, who was starting to get going, uh, had that career-high... Uh, over the weekend, and he's played. I think he's played better, just from pure like eye test slash watch the tape. But um, yeah, PJ Washington. I think you're gonna have to kind. of... If it's a ten teamer, I don't really hate. And if like say you're not doing that well, I don't really hate the idea of dropping him for someone who's playing better. But um, yeah, uh, this team and we knew it. Like they had that hot start with the four and three, and they, they were a really great story. But I mean, it just kind of caught up to them. Miami just smashed them Monday night. So, but I think Rogier, Graham. Bridges is pretty safe, but after that, it could get pretty dicey.
0: And we did mention Washington with Ryan, and I think we were right on the same line that you're talking about. You know, he's probably going to bounce back, but you could cut him in the right circumstance. I, I'm leaning toward, toward you know, trusting that he is going to bounce yeah. back because it's not like this has been a long slump, and you, you have to expect some of these things for a rookie.
3: Yeah, I mean, it depends who you're cutting him for. Like, if you're cutting for someone who's good, like, say, like a Frank Nilakina or somebody like that is proving that they're valuable, yeah. sure. But, like, if you're cutting him for some – like, don't cut him for, like, Marvin Williams. You right. Know, just, <laughs> right. Yeah, like, you want to have, like, solidified cut him for up, Cut him for upside or, or yeah. very guaranteed value. But, yeah, I'm not – Well, gonna... I mean, even if you are streaming, though, and that's kind of your strategy, then I guess it's all right if that's your worst player. But, I mean, it's your league. Like, I always say, like, if you think that you drop PJ, I always ask myself, like, what's the probability that someone uses a top three waiver on him? That's usually, like, my measuring stick if I should drop a guy or not. Right. It's so like – just ask yourself that before you drop them. But, yeah, I think Washington, I mean, block rate's really good. It's just his fouls are really high right now. So um, they're bad. This is good. We, we want them to be bad for P.J. to be good later in the year. So, um, yeah, I definitely think he'll undertaker.gif it in you know, maybe one or two weeks uh, and come back to Man,
0: you know what? Up. I think I'm going to go out and make some trade offers for Miles Bridges after this, too, Um, in any, yeah. in any leagues where you don't have him, where you, Mike, don't have him. Because <laughs> he's starting to pick it up. And, and this month overall really hasn't it has been great for him but it hasn't been bad uh nearly yeah, 12 better. points 1.53 0.8 blocks i think he, you know he's a guy who who could just still take off
3: yeah plenty of room and even taking pj out i think helps uh, cuz pj does a, does a lot of weak side help rim protection so that could help miles as well so i think like pj and i think part of the reason why like kind of tying into that why his blocks are down miles is cuz of pj's kind of growth as a rim protector so I mean, he's sliding him down to the four miles. I guess, you know, theoretically it makes sense he blocks more. And his shot selection's been great. You know, it's all at the rim and mm-hmm. it's all threes, which we love, the Maury Ball shot chart. Sure. So, um, yeah, and Devontae had a bad game. Possibly by low on Devontae. Like, he had probably one of his worst games of the year. Just the second game without a three uh, on Monday. So, um, I, I fully believe in Devontae all season.
0: I believe in him. I mean, I believe in his role and in the volume and everything. I'm just looking at his, his overall shooting um, the last few weeks. Yeah. I mean, just, he's he's going to hurt you in field goal percentage a little bit, but everything else is really good.
3: He's going to be top 10 in threes. You got to take
0: like. that hit in field goal. But other than that, yeah. I mean, I, I love the rest of it.
3: Yeah, he's kind of been the quote-unquote point guard. While well, Rozier has been kind of the shooting guard. I know. It's so funny. How well the ball's controlled. Yeah. It's so funny. But, like, um,
0: they, they sign Rogier and then it's like, eh, let's just let Graham be the point yeah. guard. <laughs> I,
3: and I think we did that on purpose. I think, I think they kind of put themselves in a corner so they can't go after free agents. Uh-huh. So that's a whole other topic for another day. <laughs> uh, anybody talk about Embiid yet? We have not talked about Embiid, and let's wow, do it. we okay. got
0: we got a few minutes left before our... Yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, okay, i got just some quick stuff on Embiid and and Embiid was so, really good on
0: Monday night, right? I, I, I looked at the box score. He had a good game, right? <laughs>
3: Embiid? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ofer, man. Um, not good. So I kind of dug in, like, why is he struggling so much? And it's really come down to just shot selection. Uh, he's taking more mid-range shots. Um, he's actually making them at a better clip than last year. But he's really taking a hit uh, at the rim. Last year he was 69% at the rim on percentage, um, which accounted for 40% of his shot total. This year it's down to 63 at just 33%. So that's, a, that's a big hit uh, for a guy who crushes. And actually it's not post-up. His post-up efficiency is identical. It's 1.05 points per possession, uh, actually taking less or fewer post-ups this year. So he's uh, unassisted a little bit more, so he's taking tougher shots. But yeah, I mean, this is bad. Like we knew his minutes were going to be down. It's kind of where we thought. So I think if you took Embiid, uh, you probably are pretty nervous. Uh, and I think if we if we took today, I don't think. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't take him. I, and I never was taking him in the second round, anyways. But like now, I don't even know if I take him in the third round. It's funny. I had someone
0: asking me on Twitter if, if they should trade Donovan Mitchell for Embiid, and it's a close. Oh,
3: I would easily take him. I would easily take Mitchell.
0: It, but but well yeah I mean it just depends on I whether. guess it depends it like depends on whether you bad. believe that Embiid is I mean I think Embiid has a slightly higher ceiling if all goes right like he's a top ten guy right. if if he figures it out so yeah. Mitchell's not I mean Mitchell's a very good but he's he doesn't have the same ceiling if they're both uh, at their peak output
3: right but their floors are just totally dirty. yeah
0: yeah they're different it's different I mean yeah. Mitchell's yeah. like a safe top twenty five and Embiid is uh, either injured or could be a top ten guy or. Maybe it's just going to be this guy who's, who's outside yeah. the top twenty-five.
3: Uh, so i uh, want nothing to do with Embiid. Um, do you think there's yeah, a I,
0: case where we thought we thought actually Embiid was going to hurt Horford, but it might be it's vice the other versa? way. I actually yeah. that. Yeah,
3: um, yeah. So his shot is way down. He shoots four point four. Uh, lower on field goal percentage next to Horford compared to without him. Rebound rate's way down. Assist rate's way down. Steal rate's way down. Block rate's way down. Yeah, because Horford's uh, doing
0: his thing. I mean, Horford yeah, Horford has and, carved um, out some space.
3: <laughs> yeah, Horford, uh, and he's really uh, – Embiid has really missed a lot of mid-range shots uh, next to Horford as well. So, yeah, um, you know, taking away those shots at the rim. Um, well, Horford's kind of a floor spacer too, but you take Embiid knowing you're getting you, – you were expecting like top five or six, seven per game – you know right and you're not getting that and you're not getting you know the games either i guess i guess it was good news that he played in the back to back but um uh, i guess moving on to uh, Lori marketing just disaster man like i don't know how you feel about this but just so bad his points at the paint are down to 4.7 per game down from 7.2 last year and then uh, at the rim horrible 48% at the rim that's that's like trey burke like super tiny guard stuff uh his distribution is actually up he's just not making them the bulls are getting shots at the rim they're just not making them at all they're like the worst in the league i think percentage wise it's just bad shooting and his rebounding is terrible uh he's getting blocked more like it, i don't know man I, i'm marketing lists but uh i am yeah, too we were drafting today like eighth round like how low would you go on him man i i just i'm off Laurie. i'm He'll bounce I mean, he's a great buy low because like I think so. Too. He isn't even a top one hundred and
0: fifty player, but like, but but I know and I because I I was just talking to a buddy of mine about this who uh, who has him in my hometown league and he's he's at his wits end with Markkinen. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if you haven't had to deal with it so far, I think you could potentially at some point soon think about buying low. I don't know when it's when he might break out, but it's not like. All of his numbers are awful. It's really mainly the shooting percentage, and then and that would that would fix everything else if he could figure it out.
3: I think the rebounding is kind of legit because Wendell Carter Jr. has really grown as a rebounder this year. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if he's good, that means somebody else is kind of taking a hit. So I guess it's him. But positive, they are playing really fast, so that's good. You know, you want to see faster possessions, even if they're taking a little bit of a minute hit. But like his usage rate keeps trending down, so that's a little bit frightening to me as well. So, yeah, that's scary. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, would you rather have Miles Bridges or N Bridges? Yeah, me too. That's a that's, PJ. PJ or marketing I would rather
0: have. I think I'd rather have marketing than, than. I think PJ I would too, Yeah. Um,
3: but um, yeah, so he's been just been really bad. I, I, I'm kind of the the downer guy here. That's okay. All, all bad guys. Ryan
0: was talking about people who were disappointing him as well. So yeah, it's,
3: we're at that we're at that point now. We kind of have a good sample for you know almost almost a quarter of the way the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have a pretty good sample on who's been bad. But like, oh boy. Yeah. I can't I can't believe how bad Markkinen's been. Like, it's, it's crazy.
0: Just, I, I yeah, I'm very curious. I, I I would guess that once we get to March, he's gonna look better. But I don't know that he's gonna hit the levels that you know that we might have hoped for. Yeah. Alright, man. Well, everyone, if you want to follow Mike, it's at Mike S. Gallagher on Twitter. You'll be back on Friday with your podcast, and we'll be back here next Wednesday. Sounds good, thanks. Alright, man. See ya.
4: Yes. What are we what are we doing? Um, we're gonna just talk about stuff. Okay. What are we doing?
0: What are we doing? I'm gonna here's what's gonna happen. Okay, you ready? <laughs> I'm gonna say joined now by Dr. A. Steve Alexander. Steve. What's on your mind as far as fantasy basketball is concerned? That's what we're doing. Okay. Yeah. You got anything?
4: Are we doing it right now? Yeah. Yeah. This is, we're live on the air. Is this thing on? This is it. This is going out live to the world right now. Matt, there's... See, you're, totally... you're, you're acting like you've never done this before. <laughs> yeah. I, I sort of am. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. It's kind of weird. Oh, you know what, man? i got something to talk about. Let's hear it. One of the guys in the in the live Red World draft league uh, sent me a trade-off. He sent me Anthony Davis for Luka Doncic. And I believe when I replied to his note, the only thing I said was LOL. <laughs> and apparently uh, that didn't sit very well with this guy. And I got to... I got a long email back from him and he's like, dude, why, why would you LOL at my serious trade offer? And I, I apparently hurt his feelings. I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to be a jerk, but it just sort of happened. And, uh, so I, I apologize. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm not, uh, it was a f- great trade offer. I mean, Anthony Davis for Luka Doncic is a solid offer. And I, sh- I, maybe I should even do it. I don't know. But, uh, I was like, everybody knows how I feel about Luka and I, and right i i feel like and assumed that everyone knows i would not probably trade Luca at this point but it was a good offer no disrespect and and we're all good now Matt. we cleared we cleared there uh, I, good i was worried
0: but it's it's almost like i can 100% see how the lol would come off exactly the way he reacted to it <laughs> but it's also funny cuz i can also see it like you being like lol i should absolutely accept this but i can't <laughs> Yeah. And I don't know which way you meant it. Uh, I think you may have met, maybe meant a, a combination of the two is my guess. <laughs>
4: I think I probably read it like 3 o'clock in the morning right before I was going to bed, and, and I just LOL'd it and, and moved on with my life. Yeah. I, I, I literally didn't even really stop to think about it. But um, Right.
0: I mean, it's getting closer and closer. I would still take Anthony Davis um, because, first of all, many reasons, but you're not getting three blocks a game uh, many other places. But – uh, yeah, I mean it's it's that's become actually like a debate, so that's pretty wild.
4: Yeah, and it's also interesting because and this is one of the things I, I also said in my email back was uh you know, I have Anthony Davis in a league, and that team is not doing nearly as well as the, the teams where I have Luka, which is weird. And and I know they're all different and it, it depends on what players I've I've surrounded those players sure. with. But um yeah it's just wild man I'm, I'm winning our charity stripe are you in the charity stripe league i'm not mm. it's a it's apparently a crowded
0: league you know ryan and jared co-manage a team in that league so it's not like there's there's uh tons of spots
4: well it's funny because I, I try to get out of it every year um <laughs> and they, they keep pulling me back in uh but i'm in first place in that league i've got scored the most points in the the ubc the ultimate basketball challenge league that i've been in for 20 years trying to pull off a back-to-back championship there and then that Roto world live uh I think I'm one of the top three scorers in that one even though I've lost two games I played the played the number one and two guys like back-to-back to to start the year but yeah it's I'm having a fun fantasy season Matt Uh, in, in fact this might be one of my most enjoyable seasons ever although we're only a month into it but um Having a good time and mainly because I've I've got guys like Luca and Anthony Davis on, on most of my teams. That'll uh, that'll help.
0: It's less fun for some people. <laughs> <laughs> there are those for whom it's it's not that fun. I, I was just writing about this in Round Ball Stew last week. Like you you theoretically could have drafted a team that includes most of these guys, Steph Curry, Nikola Vucevic, De'Aaron Fox, D'Angelo Russell, Chris Middleton, Kyle Lowry, Derek Favors, Zach Collins, Serge Ibaka, Kevin Herter. And you thought you had a pretty sweet team on draft day and all of those dudes are hurt right now.
4: Yeah. Well, and and it's, you know, at the very beginning of the year when the DeAndre Ayton suspension happened and Marvin Bagley got hurt, like, I started to feel like, oh man, this might be one of those years where I just lose all my guys and but other than than those two, uh, for me personally, I've avoided a lot of it. I know you lost Vooch and and that's got a that's got a sting. I also yes took Steph Curry with my number one overall pick in a league and as did I. That yep. has not worked out very well. <laughs> that that leaves a mark. That and, leaves a mark. And Matt, did you see in, uh, I don't know if you read or read the Daily Dose from um, Tuesday morning, but uh, I said that Draymond Green has the trade value roughly equivalent to a case of Natterdays right now. <laughs> Draymond Green is a rough one. That's a rough one that I didn't even
0: mention in that uh, that rundown of players. That imagine if you drafted all of them. That's another one you could have drafted. What do you yeah. do with
4: Draymond Green? I mean, I don't I don't know that you can trade him.
0: I I, I think it's pointless to try right now, to be honest with you, um, because it's pointless. No, it's just point. It's point. <laughs> I don't mean it's pointless to try to win in fantasy basketball, which might be your feeling if you drafted all those players. It's pointless to try to to trade him at this point. You just have to. Kind of put your head down. Don't look at him on your roster when you're looking at your roster. Kind of scroll past or keep the screen up, keep the window up high, and move him down to the bottom of the page. <laughs> and then when he comes back, when the moment that you're starting to feel like, you know what, Draymond, I'm glad I waited on him, then you start making offers to trade him to other people. And no sooner than that, and no later than that, exactly at that moment, I think that's what you do.
4: Yeah, I mean, he, like I said, his trade value is is next to nothing right now, and no everybody scared of him i like have you and i had the discussion here that i i don't think he really wants to play this year and you disagreed with me i think you were like no no i think he wants to play or i don't, I don't know if that was you or not but i feel i think
0: was no scared. i don't think we had that conversation but uh I had it with but it would it would be consistent kind of with the theme of like your your podcast amnesia that you apparently have today where not only do you not remember ever having done a podcast or how they work you also would just make up stuff that, <laughs> that happened on a podcast
4: no i I, it sounds kind of familiar that you may have said something like that. Um, no, I think it was on uh, Bogman's In This League podcast. I think, okay, I think that's okay. what happened. Okay, well, if you want to have that conversation right now, we can. We can reenact it if you like. Um, <laughs> you know, man, and we're talking about a bunch of uh, negative things, but one positive thing I noticed last night was I was looking at one of my teams. I was, I was, I went through my draft. Uh, I like I like going into Yahoo and hitting draft recap and you're kind of going through and seeing, seeing where guys were taken. And oh, yeah. What mistakes were made and what steals there were. And I went back. I looked through my whole draft, didn't notice anything too weird. And I went back and looked at my team, and I saw that I had Brandon Ingram. I was like, wait, when did I take Brandon in- Ingram? I certainly didn't get him off waivers. And I went back and found him. I, I took him in the 10th round. And uh, he's going to be one of those... Uh, big success stories this season, I believe. I think so too. I was watching
0: the Pelicans game on Saturday night, and he really wasn't doing anything for most of that game. And he ended up busting out late and had a huge second half. And he's lost a little bit of steam from early on, but he still looks really good. I'm getting to be on board with him when healthy as a top, you know, twenty five guy.
4: Yeah, if you like Brandon Ingram and Andrew Wiggins both having monster years, and we're steals in drafts i'm not i'm gonna i'm not sold on wiggins though because he's down you've seen him do this before
0: well and he i think just a week or two ago was close to the top 25 now he's outside the top 50 in nine category leagues uh on basketball monsters rankings so you know the peak sell high moment on andrew wiggins has has already happened but (laughs) you still can maybe do it he is let's see Six for twelve from the free throw line. His last three games, he's possibly has some cracks in the armor. I'm just saying. Had a one for ten from three point range recently. I am I'm am not sold on a, a, a season long renaissance from Andrew Wiggins, and I only say that because it feels like we've seen this before.
4: Yeah, and I, I'm I'm with you on that, but I, I do I do feel like this is different, and uh, I'm going to give him a, a leash. I think, but uh, and the other guy that I think is really exciting right now, one of them is Jonathan Isaac with your boy Vooch and other people's guy, Aaron Gordon, both banged up for that team. It's going to be all Isaac all the time, and he's just filling it up in so many different categories right now. I'm I'm pretty fired up about him. Yeah, he's been amazing, no question
0: about it. Hey, man. Yeah.
4: All right, I uh,
0: will uh, talk to you soon. All right, see you. Thanks, dude. See ya.
5: Yo. What's up, Matt? What's happening, man? How are you? Good. How about you?
0: I'm just fine. I'm a little loopy. You're the you're the fifth person I've, t-
5: I've talked to
0: in the last <laughs> in the last hour or so, last couple nice. hours. So, I've lost my mind. Uh, <laughs> you I've lost my mind and we're just going to get we're just going to be off and running here. I've lost my mind and you I have no idea what we're going to talk about.
5: Would you say that's where we are at this point in the show? That's pretty much where we're at. Yeah. Okay.
0: Let's look at, I'm looking at Basketball Monster, the last 10 games.
5: Uh, Are we recording right now? Yeah, we're recording.
0: (laughs) Um, Just looking at some of the names that are jumping out at me as kind of notable. And one is Chris Paul has been a top 10 guy his last 10 games. What are your thoughts on him? Is Chris Paul a, a must sell high in fantasy? Because I don't think you really can get what he's worth in fantasy, right?
5: Yeah, well, I think when we're talking about sell high and buy low, we're always kind of talking about less experienced leagues. Yeah, like that's For fair. example, in our Roto World League, Tom, I think Tommy has Chris Paul. You're correct. No one's going to give him the current production he's putting up. Now, maybe if you're in a less experienced league, you might be able to get a pretty nice package for him. Right. But if everyone knows the story, right. uh, he's had... Tough time staying healthy over the past two years. It's always something. I mean, really over his career, he has had a tough time staying healthy. And if we look at OKC's record, they're not a playoff team right now. Six and 10. I don't see that really changing. The Western Conference is loaded. And if he is not traded to Miami, which is really the only team that I could see him maybe doing well, and this is pure speculation, you know, there have been rumors in the past, but he has another two years left on his contract that's going to pay him absurd amount of money. I would not be surprised if he finishes this year in OKC, and then next year they can try to flip him as an expiring. This year, see I think it's tough to get him off the books, meaning he'll finish the year in OKC, then we get into March. OKC isn't a playoff team still. At what point do they say, here's the ball, Shea, we wanna see what you can do. Yeah. I think that he's a guy that can, if not straight up shut down, miss plenty of games down the stretch. And like uh, like we said, he always seems to catch an injury at some point. So I think this would be the ideal time to explore his market value in your league. I think if you're able to get back a top 20, 30 player, I think that would be worth it because you probably didn't draft him until round 4 or later. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, I think something about that makes sense. I don't think again, I think it's hard to he's a really weird case, I think. He's a hard guy to to trade around in a league, I think. <laughs> he's almost yeah. he's he's honestly almost untradeable in some ways unless I think there are a bunch of players in the trade. Not untradeable, but but
5: difficult to trade. Yeah, you have to attach him in something. Yeah. So have his name and then maybe do a 2 for 2 with someone else who's good and then maybe like that that could be an idea if you use a 2 for 1 like CP3 plus 1 for a higher tier player. Yeah. Maybe you could sneak that one in.
0: Yeah. Dr. A brought up this name a minute ago. Jonathan Isaac is basically a top 10 guy on the season in nine category leagues. What do you make of that? Because he is a top 10 he is the rare top 10 guy, in fact the only top 10 guy. He's got the lowest points of a top 10 guy right 13 per game um, so it's really just massively tied up in his blocks his steals his threes that combo and you know good percentages low turnovers all that I guess my point is he's a top 10 guy but doesn't have the crazy volume of the other top 10 guys so how do you value Isaac with all of that in
5: mind I think that Isaac is definitely going to finish as a top 15 guy. I was actually talking about this with Mike and Ryan the other day. I was trying to come up with a good recent historical comparison for Jonathan Isaac. And, uh, I, I kind of wanted to say Andre Karolinko. Uh And that's what, that's what, uh, Ryan said. And then I think what Mike said would maybe even a better comparison crash. Yeah. Yeah. So he's kind of one of these players that isn't really going to score a lot of points But his contributions in every other category is going to be so good. And his defensive stats are just going to be absurd. And there's really no reason to believe that he can't keep this up. It took him a while to get going. Uh, We've been hyping him for basically the past two years. And I guess the third year was the charm. Uh, His rookie year, he was kind of hurt. Uh, His sophomore year, he was still kind of learning the game and working on his shot and now he's kind of put it all together and just those defensive stats are completely absurd and I don't remember the exact number on this but Mike pulled up a stat the other day that showed us that uh I think only about 40% of his blocks are coming like close to the rim which just tells you if you're averaging 2.9 blocks a game and only 40 of those are coming at the rim. You're a athletic freak. <laughs> he, that, <'Cause> I- <laughs> that he is. Yeah. <laughs> you are getting blocks that, that are... Th- it's incredible. Yeah. And um, I really think that he's this next guy to come in the league to really just be that elite player that doesn't score a lot of points, but just his defensive stats are so incredible that he's going to be flirting in that top 15 area all year long. And with... Uh, vooch and aaron gordon out for a little bit i think that he can be averaging close to 18 20 points a game
0: but so you you know the the if you if you look at this basketball monster leaderboard like he's ahead of bradley beal for example isaac is is eighth on the season beal 16th but there's not a universe where i would give you beal for jonathan isaac You know for sure so like it's that's what that's i kind of what i mean is like he's such a weird player to value in trades again because Ah, yeah you know you know what i mean like he is a I think he's a very hard player to to value because the numbers the numbers tells he's a top 10 guy but i'm not giving you a top 10 guy for him
5: (laughs) for sure i mean well in that regard i wouldn't really be looking to sell high per se i'm i'm looking to just enjoy the ride with yeah jonathan isaac but uh with these rankings, just like a short aside about rankings, I think that mm, I would say let's say till the top, I think they're valuable to the top forty, and this is gonna be a little bit of a hot take. <laughs> but kind of after that, it's more about team fit. Yeah. Like and and, and a lot of and some of these rankings are the reason why Jonathan Isaac is ranked so high is because of his percentages. He shoots really high percentages. Right. And Mm -hmm. he's also only committing 1.4 turnovers per game. Correct. Uh, Basketball Monster does weigh percentages a little bit higher. It's why JaVale Mm -hmm. McGee had that top 30 run towards uh, the the second half last year. Mm -hmm. It's because he was shooting something like 70%. Something absurd like that. Right. And I just think... like. When we're talking in the in the top eighty range, like sometimes I get these questions: rank this series of guys that are all outside of the top eighty-five. It's kind of like, well, it's what's better for your team. Yeah. Like I'm looking at this: Buddy Heald and Alfred Payton are ranked right next to each other. <laughs> That's absurd, right? Like, and I I don't think that Buddy Heald is a eighty-five player. Right. And it's because his percentages are low right now. As soon as he corrects that, he's back in the forties.
0: Right. Well, and also the thing about Alfred Payton is it's a weird case where he's only played four games and it's on a per game basis and he's averaging two and a half steals. So that and yes. that is boosting his number technically. So there's a but few look, there's a few weird technicalities like that, no question. Let's
5: look at this eighth round. Buddy Heald, Alfred Payton, Spencer Dinwiddie, Willie colley Stein, and Shay. Zach Levine, all right next to each other. I don't think those guys are next to each other at all. I don't think that Willie Collestein is worth owning. Uh, Spencer has been great. Uh, I think that's a probably the like correct range, but I'd say Buddy Hield is far above him.
0: Yeah, I uh, think it's a guide. I mean, I think these are things that when you look at them enough, your eyes just kind of go past Willie Collestein. You know, yes. I think it's more telling. Like, I mean. Yeah, Shea Gilders alexander has, has been good. He's having a breakout year, but it, it has not been like a dominant fantasy year. He's having a good year, not necessarily a great one as far as fantasy What if we close concerned. out
5: on Shea? I'd like to hear your opinion on Shay.
0: I was never as high as everyone else was. I thought that he was... Nor was I, I. I thought that he was going to be more of like a... I think I may have maybe said during the offseason, like I pictured something like 15-4-4. Four four. So he's been a little better than that, but he's creeping kind of close to that you know he's like around 19 points five rebounds three assists he's been good but where you know there's not one area where he is phenomenal um he doesn't have one category that's a real difference maker i think he's solid i think he's a good guy to have on your roster i think he was he was drafted a little too early and that's okay yeah
5: i think if you drafted him ahead if you drafted him before round seven i think you have to be kind of upset with this production I
0: think so. Yeah, because he, um, he's not he's not a bust by any means, but he's not no. a he's not carrying your squad in any way. No, he's no. Fi- he's fine. He's he's totally fine. Yeah,
5: it, he's he's fine. But if you're just averaging, let's say let's let's give him a boost in some of the numbers. So right now he's averaging nineteen point three points, five point three boards, which is good for a guard. Yes, but uh, just three assists a game, zero point nine steals, zero point six blocks, which is good for a guard. And uh, 2.3 turnovers. The turnovers are high when you're only averaging three assists. Yeah. So let's say after the All-Star break, let's give him 22 points a game, 5-5, a steal. Do you think he can get those turnovers, keep him in the two? Then maybe he's like a top 50 guy? Yeah. Yeah. And
0: it's probably going to take Chris Paul being hurt or shut down, I think, for him to do that. Uh, for it's him a, to make I 100% any kind of jump.
5: I think it is dependent upon what Chris Paul is doing. Yeah.
0: So he's fine. He might be a good guy to trade for um, after the new year or something like that um, or around the All-Star break because lots of wild things happen after the All-Star break. Yeah. You can follow him on Twitter at J underscore the underscore truth. You're going to <laughs> you're gonna have to spell that one yourself. Uh, thanks, Jared. We will talk to you soon. Adios. Alright, that is it for us on this extensive holiday edition of the Wednesday Roto World Roto World Whip Around. Thanks again to Tommy Beer, Ryan Knaus, Mike Gallagher, Steve Alexander, and Jared Johnson for joining me. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review our show as well if you haven't done that. Thank you all for listening. Have a good holiday. We will talk to you soon.